Chapter Seven of Tom and Some Other Girls by Mrs. Georgie Horn Vesey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Record Wall. There was no end to the surprises of that wonderful school. When Rhoda returned to her cubicle to get tidy for dinner, she washed, brushed her hair, put an extra pin in her tie to make sure that it was straight wriggled round before the glass to see that belt and bodice were immaculately connected put a clean handkerchief in her pocket nicked the clothes-brush over her skirt and what could one do more it seemed on the face of it that one could do nothing but the other girls had accomplished a great deal more than this rhoda never forgot the shock of dismay which she experienced on first stepping forth and beholding them it was surely a room full of boys not girls for skirts had disappeared and knickerbockers reigned in their stead the girls wore gem costumes composed of the aforesaid knickers and a short tunic girt round the waist with a blue sash to represent the inevitable house colour thomasina's aspect was astounding as she strode to and fro awaiting the gathering of her forces and the new girls stared at her with distended eyeballs rhoda had registered a vow never to volunteer a remark to the hateful creature but dorothy stammered out a breathless you never said we never knew is it a rule not compulsory or i would have told you you may do as you please they wear gems at wickham in the afternoon and we have adopted the idea to a certain extent most of the girls prefer it for the sake of the games for it is so much easier to run about like this for myself i affect it for the sake of appearances it is so becoming to my youthful charms she simpered as she spoke with an affectation of coyness that was irresistibly amusing dorothy laughed merrily and rhoda resisted doing the same only by an enormous effort of self-will she succeeded however in looking sulky and bad-tempered and went downstairs feeling quite pleased with herself for resisting an unworthy impulse all the old girls were in gym costume and a quaint sight it was to watch them descending the great central staircase lanky girls looking lankier than ever fat girls looking fatter than ever tall girls magnified into giantesses poor little stumpies looking as if viewed through a bad piece of window-glass plump legs scraggy legs and legs of one width all the way down and at the end of each the sad inevitable shoe and down each back the sad inevitable pigtail now and again would come a figure light and graceful as a fawn the embodiment of charming youth but as a rule the effect was far from becoming rhoda's criticisms however were less scathing than usual for she herself was suffering from an unusual attack of humility if any reader of this voracious history has to do with the management of a self-confident high-spirited girl who needs humbling and bringing to her senses let the author confidently recommend the pigtail and flat-heeled system to fasten back a mane of hair is at once to deprive the culprit of one of her most formidable means of defence 
she has no shelter behind which to retire as an ambush from the enemy she has nothing to toss and whisk from side to side expressing defiance without a word being uttered the very weight of the pigtail is a sobering influence its solemn pendulant movement is incompatible with revolt as for the slippers well try heelless shoes yourself and test their effect they bring one to earth indeed in the deepest sense of the word all very well to mince about in french shoes and think what a fine girl am i but once try mincing in flat square soles and you'll realize that the days are over for that kind of thing and that nothing remains but humility and assent dinner over the girls adjourned into the grounds but as games like lessons could not be begun without some preliminary arrangement most of the pupils contented themselves with strolling about in twos and threes exchanging confidences about the holidays and hatching plans for the weeks to come rhoda and dorothy were standing disconsolately together when miss everett flitted past and stopped for a moment to take pity on their loneliness what are you two going to do you mustn't stand here looking like pelicans in the wilderness you must walk about and get some exercise i'm too busy to go with you myself but uh, kathleen she held up her hand in summons to the second-term girl who had volunteered information about the lords and commons here kathleen you remember what it is to be a new girl take rhoda and dorothy round the grounds and show them everything that is interesting have a brisk walk all of you and come back with some colour in your cheeks she was off again smiling and waving her hand and the three girls stood gazing at each other in shy uncertain fashion well said kathleen where shall we go first the beach walk i suppose is half a mile long so if we go to the end and back we shall have a constitutional before looking at the sights the grounds are very fine here and there's lots of room for all we want to do you can find a sunny bit or a shady bit according to the weather but it's only on really scorching days that we are allowed to lounge then there's a scramble for hammocks and the lucky girls tie them on to the branches of trees and swing about while the others sit on the grass once or twice we had tea under the trees and that was fine but as a rule they keep you moving games are nearly as hard work as lessons but you needn't play unless you like oh yes you must unless you were ill or tired you can get off any day if you don't feel well but not altogether and you would not wish to either it would be so horribly flat once you are into a team you are all anxiety to get into another and i can tell you when you see your remove posted up on the board it is bliss perfect bliss the recruits laughed and looked at their new friend with approving glances she was so far the only one of the girls who had treated them on an equality and gave herself no air of patronage and they were correspondingly appreciative they asked eagerly in which game she had won her remove and rhoda at least was disappointed at the answer cricket that's the great summer game i've three brothers at home and used to practice with them sometimes to make an extra one they snubbed me of course but i'm not a bad bat though i say it myself and what about tennis 
um kathleen pursed up her lips we have courts of course but it is rather missy don't you think the sports captains look down on it and so of course it's unpopular the little girls play occasionally it keeps them happy this was a nice way to speak of a game which had been for years the popular amusement of young england rhoda was so shocked and disappointed that she hardly dared mention croquet and it seemed indeed as if it would have been better if she had refrained for kathleen fairly shouted at the name my dear how can you nobody plays croquet except old tab i mean ladies who are too old to do anything else miss bruce plays sometimes when she has the vicar's wife to tea we hide behind the bushes and watch them and shake with laughter croquet indeed i should like to see tom's face if you mentioned croquet to her it's a matter of perfect indifference to me what miss boulderston thinks said rhoda loftily but she veered away from the subject of games all the same and tackled lessons instead are you working for any special examination or just taking it easily i'm going in for the oxford senior in summer my birthday is so horribly arranged that it comes just one week before the limit a few days later would give me a year to the good but as it is it's my last chance if i can only scrape through in preliminaries i'm not afraid of the rest but i am hopelessly bad in arithmetic i add up with all my fingers and even then the result comes wrong and when so much depends upon it i know i shall get flurried and be worse than ever the great thing is to keep cool if you don't lose your head i shouldn't wonder if the excitement helped you say to yourself don't be a fool and make yourself keep quiet quoth miss rhoda with an air of wisdom which evidently impressed her hearers they glanced first at her and then at each other and the glance said plainly as words could speak that here was a girl who had strength of mind a girl who would make her mark in the school i'll try said kathleen meekly i am terribly anxious about this exam for if i do well and pass better than anyone else in the school i shall get a scholarship of forty pounds towards next year's fees that would be a great help to my parents for they are poor and have only sent me here that i may have a chance of getting on and being able to teach some day i should be so thankful if i could help for it's horrid to know the people at home are stinting themselves for your sake i lay awake at nights imagining that the report is in and i am first and then i write a long letter home and tell them about it each time i invent a fresh letter and they are so touching you can't think i cried over one one night and tom came round to see what was the matter at other times i imagine i'm plucked and i go cold all over i think i should die never mind nine months yet i'll work like a slave and if i do fail no one can say it's my own fault you won't fail don't imagine anything so horrible you will get over your nervousness and do splendidly and write your letter in real earnest cried dorothy cheerily i'm going in for the oxford too but you need fear no rival in me i'm one of those deadly uninteresting creatures who never reach anything but a fair medium there isn't a distinction in me and one could never be first at that rate a scrape-through pass is all i'm good for 
i could get two distinctions at once i know more german and french than ninety girls out of a hundred two distinctions it's a big start i wonder i wonder if i could possibly be first said rhoda to herself and her breath came fast and her cheeks grew suddenly hot nine months nine months if she studied hard and worked up the subjects on which she was behind might she not have a chance with the rest the first girl oh if only it could be possible what joy what rapture what a demonstration of power before the school she went off into a blissful dream in which she stood apart receiving the congratulations of miss bruce and her staff and saw thomasina's face regarding her with a new expression of awe then she came back to real life to look remorsefully at her new friend and notice for the first time her pinched and anxious air but i would give kathleen the money i want nothing but the honour she assured herself shutting her mind obstinately against the conviction that such a division might not be altogether easy to arrange and dorothy is going in too lots of girls are going in so why should not i and if i enter i must do my best nobody could object to that nevertheless there was an unaccountable weight on her heart which made it a relief when the subject dropped and kathleen began to point out the various outbuildings scattered over the grounds that's the pavilion we keep all the games there and it's so nicely furnished there is quite a pretty sitting-room and a stove and all the materials for making tea on saturday afternoons the winning teams may stay behind and have tea there by themselves and buy cakes from the housekeeper it's ripping we look forward to it as the saturday treat and aren't you just mad if your side loses that's the joiner's shop you can have lessons if you like and learn to make all sorts of things but i've no ambition to be a carpenter so i don't go that's a summer-house but it's so earwiggy that we leave it alone that was meant to be a swimming bath but the water comes straight from a well and it is so deadly cold that the girls got cramp and miss bruce forbade them to use it any more it looks wretchedly deserted now if you want to be miserable all by yourself you couldn't have a better place it's so still and dark and the birds have built their nests in the corners and come suddenly flying past and frighten you out of your wits those little patches are the girls own gardens you can have lessons in gardening and get a prize if you are clever i don't go in for that either for it's an extra expense oh i must have a garden cried rhoda quickly i adore flowers and they could send me cuttings from home i always had my own garden but i didn't do the work of course i just said how it was to be arranged and what plants i wanted and everyone admired it and said how successful it was i had big clumps of things you know not one straggling plant here and another there but all banked up together you should have seen my lily bed i made the men collect all the odd bulbs and plant them together and they were a perfect show the scent met you halfway down the path it was almost overpowering and then i had a lot of the new cactus dahlias and left only about two branches on each so that they came up like one huge bush with all the lovely contrasting colours many people say they don't like dahlias but that is only because they haven't seen them properly grown oh well i loathe them myself 
and i always shall do you never get any satisfaction out of them however pretty they may be for as soon as people see them they begin groaning and saying oh dear dear autumn flowers already how sad it is winter will soon be upon us dorothy sniffed derisively it was evident that no support was to be expected from her on the dahlia question and rhoda felt that only time and experience could prove to her the folly of her position when all the outbuildings had been explained kathleen led the way down a winding path which seemed to lead to nowhere in particular but rather to come to an abrupt cul-de-sac in the shape of a high grey wall her companions wondered at her choice but she went forward with an air of determination so that there was nothing left but to follow and hope soon to return to more interesting scenes when she came to the end of the path however she stood still and began to smile with a most baffling air of mystery what did it mean what were they expected to see the girls wheeled to and fro looked at the paths the beds the flowers frowned in bewilderment and then suddenly lifted their eyes to the wall and uttered simultaneous exclamations of surprise the wall was dotted over with little tablets of stone on each of which was a neatly engraved inscription and each inscription bore the name of a girl at its head rhoda craned forward and read first one and then another winifred barton joined hurst manor september eighteen ninety left christmas eighteen ninety the youngest pupil who ever obtained honours in mathematics in the oxford local examinations elizabeth charrington an old pupil of the school obtained first class in the honours school of modern history at oxford eleanor newman joined hurst manor september eighteen ninety left mid eighteen ninety beloved by her fellow-students as the kindest and most loyal of friends the most unselfish of competitors held in grateful remembrance for the power of her influence and example fanny elder for two years games president of the school winner of the wimbledon lawn tennis tournament eighteen ninety holder of edinburgh golf cup eighteen ninety a just and fearless sportswoman the list of names went on indefinitely but rhoda had read enough to inflame curiosity and wheeled eagerly round to confront kathleen what is it what does it mean who puts them up is it just the cleverest girls it's the record wall said kathleen we are very proud of our record wall at hurst the cost of these tablets is paid by the pupils themselves and they are put up entirely at their discretion the teachers have nothing to do with it if a girl has distinguished herself at work but is conceited and overbearing and makes herself disliked no one wants to put up a tablet to her so it is really a testimony to character as well as to cleverness eleanor newman was quite stupid they say i never knew her she never passed a single examination nor took a prize nor anything and yet every one loved her she was a little fair thing with curly hair too short to tie back 
and soft grey eyes she wasn't a bit goody but she always seemed waiting to do kind things and make peace and cheer the girls when they were homesick and no one ever heard her say a cross word or make an uncharitable remark and did she die croaked rhoda solemnly a long experience of girls stories had taught her that when girls were sweet and fair and never said an unkind word they invariably caught a chill and died of rapid consumption she expected to hear the same report of eleanor newman but kathleen replied briskly die not a bit of it she married at nineteen a doctor down in hampshire and brought him to see the school on their honeymoon the greens escorted her in a body to the record wall and when she saw her own name she covered her face with her hands and flew for her life and her husband looked quite weepy the girl said he could hardly speak ah sighed rhoda and was silent she felt weepy too filled with a sudden yearning a sudden realization of want eleanor newman had risen to heights to which she could never attain a little fair thing and almost stupid yet her schoolfellows loved her and immortalized her name in words of grateful loyalty she sighed again and yet again and heard kathleen's voice cry sharply oh i look at that empty space and wonder if this time next year i shall read there that i have passed first and won the scholarship i wonder if ever ever there will be a tablet with my name upon it i expect there will be said dorothy it's a lovely idea and i can imagine every girl longing to see her name on the scroll of honour but for my own part i never shall not for this child there's no hope for me unless they put me up as a good little tortoise who never fell asleep the worst of it is that in real life the hare keeps awake too and spoils one's chance i must be content to bloom in obscurity a violet by a mossy dell half hidden from the eye but rhoda already saw a new tablet twinkling on the empty space a tablet recording phenomenal success and distinction and the name at the head of the inscription was not kathleen murray but one much more familiar in her ears end of chapter seven